Welcome to It's Not a Crisis. I am your host, Doran Wallach. I'm an entrepreneur, a mother of two, a wife, and a 40-something trying to figure out what is happening in this decade. Why is no one talking about it? I created this podcast to help women in their late 30s and 40s to figure out what is going on in our mind, body, soul, and life. We may laugh, we may cry, we may get frustrated, but most importantly, my goal is to make this next chapter of life positive. I'm also full of my own questions and I'm here to go on this journey with you. So let's do it together. Today is another Doran and Friends episode where I interview amazing women and friends of mine candidly about their life. These are different from my other episodes where we typically have guest expert interviews. I wanted to do this series because I know so many amazing women and they add so much to the world. And I felt it was important for all of you to learn from them. I also want to remind you, please rate and review the podcast so that we can help other women find the podcast and work towards a more positive next chapter. So today's guest, Zara Tisch, was my neighbor for a couple of years in New York City, and I never fully had the chance to get to know her because we were in somewhat different times of our lives, always running around crazy busy. However, since then, she moved out. And of course, as soon as she moved out, I started following her on Instagram. And there aren't many accounts where I go to regularly and look at their stories, but I immediately fell in love with Zara's colorful and beautiful spirit. She just has such a positive outlook on life. Her love of her children and her husband and her drive as a business owner, and she's just extremely humble and honest. So what I'm saying is this isn't quite a friend per se, but she's someone I would love to call a friend and is so inspiring to me. And I'm just so happy that she's here today on It's Not a Crisis. Therese was founded by Zara Therese Tisch, a forever optimist. Zara is a ball of energy with a vibrant creative streak. She so is. She believes in embracing life to the fullest. Her middle name, Therese, is very close to her heart because it was created by her mother and is a combination of her two grandmothers' names. Actually, my name is a combination of my two grandmothers' names, which is Dorothy and Rosalind. Zara was born and raised in New York, where her brand is based, and she currently lives in New York City with her husband, three kids, and three dogs. Zara, wow. Welcome to the show. Doran, thank you so, so much for having me. I'm actually sitting here tearing. Um, If you do know me, I, I don't do many you know, conversations or podcasts. And, and just when I hear, you know, I I just, I, I'm just super honored to be here and, and thank you. And, and I didn't know that your name also, I've never heard that before to have both of your grandmothers represent your name. How, how amazing is that, that connection between the two of us? I know, I know. And you know, they died before I was born. Both of them died in their 50s. Mine did too. That's where oh, wow. Therese came. They both passed away before I was born. And that's why um, my middle name represents them also. That's, oh, that's isn't wild. It, like how small of a world and connection by our parents for thinking about that and being it so It really is. But creative. by the way, that, exactly. I was just about to say that mm-hmm. just goes to show where our creativity comes from because- I don't think a lot of people would think that. And and people can do that combination, but not do it well. <laughs> so I think, exactly. I, I, think yeah. I think we've succeeded here. I, I think so too. And I absolutely love it. Um, I also think, you know, when I think back to have been neighbors, right? And you're so right. We were in so, such different points in our lives. You were a mom. I wasn't yet a mother when I when I came in. And I think everybody in that small building had a family except for David and I. And so we were we were kind of you know the the odd renters out. You know <laughs> the, yeah, the, yeah, odd, yeah. the odd renters out. Well, and we all had so, little kids then. I think yeah, everybody had little kids. We yeah. were like, oh, what are we? Do-? You know, we were. I was working on Therese. David was working on his company. We were working all the time, so we were never part really of the building community. And uh, I actually have cre- made some really fantastic friendships from that building, which is wonderful. And, and I think our, and 
I, I actually disagree with what you said. I do consider us friends. <laughs> I would consider good. us. I would consider <laughs> us friends. I love that. But but thank you so much for for having me um, today. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, we lived in this small apartment building in the West Village where um, everybody. So when we first moved, we moved in when the building was new, and we all had little kids, and everyone was in their 30s. I, mean, I was in my early. I was only 30. 32 when I moved in. And we would all go up to the roof and have, on Sundays, we would have barbecues and we would hang out and we would all bring our baby monitors and just (laughs) watch the babies from the roof and be like drunk and, you know, crazy. And it was so much fun. lucky though, right? How fortunate and it was, was a, it to have that? That's, I mean, wonderful. It was so great. And as I just told Zara, I, I just moved out of the city, which I thought I'd never do. But I feel really grateful that I spent those years when they were younger there because I feel like those are the years that you need to be in the city because you need to mm-hmm. feel like you have a life outside of just your children. And sure, we really, we really did experience that. Now I'm like, I'm kind of tired. You know, I like getting in the, <laughs> I like sitting in the car with my kids. You know, yeah. it's, it's like the it only was, time we have conversation. <laughs> right, exactly. Going places, coming around. I mean, I've been during the pandemic, we've been outside and fortunate enough to be outside of the city for the past 16 months. Uh, but do plan on going back for September as now my oldest will be going to kindergarten. Isn't that wild? Oh my God, that's crazy. So I had my first child in that um, in that building like two years after we moved in. Wow. That's what mm-hmm. didn't you guys get married there? Did you get married there? Um, we were ma- we got married a few so we got married November of Sandy in 2012. So our wedding actually was postponed. Um, Uh, And then afterwards, and then we moved in a few months later. So we were newlyweds in that Right. That's right. I remember something. Mm -hmm. I I remember you had just gotten married. Yeah, we had just gotten married. And then we wanted to move to the West Village to start a family. And so that's that that was the plan. (laughs) That was was the plan. And then life took a turn. (laughs) And then, yeah, right. And then we're like, oh, okay. Well, I, I actually never wanted to, you know, it was interesting because both of us never lived in Manhattan. I grew up outside of Manhattan and so did my husband. And so everything that you know about it was, you know, is, is all, is really about, is super high level. So we lived in Greenwich Village, you know, and David was like, you know, we should move to the West Village. Like there's a place on the West Side Highway. And I was like, I don't, we can't live on the highway. (laughs) I was like, I was like, how could we do that? Live on the, you know, and he was, I don't say this very often, even though I should, but he was most definitely right. The West Village and live and the West Side Highway in Hudson River Park is so very, very special. And not just for families, but for people in general. And it, it just, it broadens, you know, your whole sense of, of community. Um, and it's like this little oasis within Manhattan that if you're not, if you don't live over there and you don't experience it, you have no idea what it actually is. Oh, it so is. I, I loved, loved, loved living there so, so much. And I think mm-hmm. at some point, if we get a place in the city, you know, a small place, we'll probably um, have one back there again. Even though most of my da- my daughter goes to school in the Bronx and her friends are all on the Upper West Side, which isn't right. convenient, but I've, I've been very clear about not going up there. <laughs> <laughs> so. I get it. She's actually closer to school now, which is which is great. All right, so I want to talk to you. I, I so this this may be different than other um uh you know anything live that you've done because you are this amazing business owner with this wonderful business. But from my research on you and and very and kind of you to say yeah, but but you know I feel like a lot of people talk to you about your business, and while I want to touch on that, I really want I want to know more about you, and that's what fascinates me, and I think that that's what people are really going to be interested in because I, I just think you're so wonderful, so. Zara has this amazing brand, Therese, that I learned about when Tatum was little. Oh, God. Thank God for you, because she was in this picky stage where all she would wear <laughs> were, was leggings. I'm sure you're getting there with your oldest now. I mean, just oh, yeah. full-blown opinions on what she wanted to wear. And um, Therese was like the only thing that she would wear. So that was that was extremely helpful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. Yeah, your brand, it just makes you happy. 
looking at the clothes and the patterns and and the I love some of the eighties memories that you st- you know my listeners would love that. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think you have a, like a cassette tape pattern. I do. We have our mi- mixtapes is actually my favorite print that we've ever made, and it's. So, I don't know if you've ever cool. looked at my in- Instagram, but I actually just. Um, posted something the other day that was a bunch of cassette tapes and said, shout out to everyone whose music collection used to look like this. This? So, right. <laughs> so, yeah. I so, get it. I totally yeah. get it. And it's a, and it's it's great. As far as Therese is concerned, and we'll talk about me, I'm happy to. It's What's interesting is, um, I don't know if you've talked to other brands, but me personally and Therese is so very much intertwined we do create, you know, and I'm clearly biased, but we create wonderful, vibrant, colorful clothing. But the reason for Therese and and its existence is not that. And what I like to say is that we actually could, we actually could make anything. We really could make anything. Um, It doesn't really matter what we make, but at its core, Therese is about celebrating life and celebrating life's good moments uh, the small and the big. And when I first came up with the idea of wanting to start Therese, and I didn't even know that's what it was going to be called, um, but wanting to start something, it was because- Thank God for of, that name. Thank goodness for that name. <laughs> and um, the reason was coming out of really dark moment and moments and experiences in my life. And I needed to, and I wanted to make something, I needed to do something, do something that made me feel happy. Um, and I thought in turn other people happy. And so that's, that's where the whole energy and decision was to, to want to start something. Well, you just answered my first question, which is, (laughs) you know, no, it's good. It's good because I follow you. Because your beautiful energy comes through in everything that you do, and, and in a genuine way, you're not full of crap. Um, I, you know, just from well, I from appreciate your business. That. My my husband would say differently. He would right, say that I, I save. Give- he would say I save all of my crap for him, and that everybody <laughs> everybody else gets all of my rainbows and butterflies. And I say, well, you know. You're the one that likes to, you know, poke and push and poke. And and so, you know, I I can't, I can't help it. Um, I would have a husband who would say the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I think many women uh, do because they're the first. Why does everyone else get it? Why can't I get all of, all of the glitter and magic? Yeah. You get home and you're like, (laughs) go away. I just want to be alone. Yeah, it has to be channeled somewhere. I, I, you are not alone at all. Mm. Uh, and I love, you know what I love? I love, um, I love when you bake with your kids. And I love, I love I how, <laughs> I, I, I love, I love even that you do colorfully. And 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 I, I've seen glimpses of your home, and it's it's full of life and interesting art, and just I don't know, it just it just comes through in everything you do. However, listen. None of us are rainbows and sparkle all the time, as you said. And, you know, you have been very candid about that. And I appreciate that because this is the point of my podcast. I don't want women to look at other women and think they have it all together because nobody does. And that's... And social media really will... does a poor job um, showing that. I actually asked someone the other day if my um, Instagram was too cynical, and and she <laughs> said no. It's funny and it's real, and it, it makes and everybody it's refreshing, take, right? Right. It's refreshing. It makes everybody feel like they can take a breath, and and yeah. so they're like, oh, it's not just you. It's it's me too. And so I try to be very very thoughtful about what I put out into the universe because I believe what you put out into the universe comes back to you, and so I do like to be candid and show the dark side, but not without trying to use it for good. Um, I like to use my, my privilege and understand it, um, and use it responsibly. And it's, it's easy to look at someone's Instagram because the, we, we want to post the best parts of our lives. And I, I personally want to, put out there the good parts of life because that is what I encourage other people to do. But what we really need to do is connect and and know that we all truly do have our own journeys and are on these. um, We all have, I like to say hills and valleys and we have tons of valleys and they're all different. We all go through 
deep and dark times in our each of us in our lives and no one's is darker than somebody else's because you may not have experienced it. And so what I like to promote and what I like to encourage is what are your your steps forward from that and how can you use your experience to to look at life and truly, you know, spread kindness and and truly not take it for granted. Mm, well, I love that you're putting that message out there. I, I, more brands need to do that in a way that's we try. Know, gen- we try our best. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily yeah. always, always work, but it's a it's a daily practice. I'm sure. So, as a working mom um, with a business, let's get real here. <laughs> we sure. we both know that balance is not easy. Balance doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Tell me about how you achieve even any balance if you get it at all. Or what, uh, what helps so you So it's actually that. interesting, that, and this is like absolutely the, the truth, and I'm, again, super, you know, and I'm fortunate to even say is I was, I was asked in an interview, like, what is a luxury that you cannot live without? And my answer is um, nannies. Oh, you yeah. know, not everybody is, is able to, but I, we have a team of wonderful, caring, fantastic women who truly are an extension of both me and David as we both work full time. And I would not be able to what I like to call be a quote unquote full-time mom and a quote unquote full-time CEO if I wasn't able to afford and also have found these exceptional human beings um, that are able to help me and help us raise our children. And you know what? I, I, I'm really getting over women having to apologize for paid help for their yeah. kids because we shouldn't have to apologize. You know, if, if somebody is fortunate enough to, you know, in some some countries, villages, parts of the world, you know, women are lucky that they have family, family around them and yep. they have, you know, extended um, family and they're able to have that help. But, you know, for those of us that don't have that, and I know in my working years uh, when my kids were little, I could not have done the things that I was doing without our nanny. And I think that I, I appreciate you saying that because I, I know that you know how lucky you are, but also I think we need to stop shaming women for having help. Help. I totally agree. Or and yeah. people and women and men, anybody for, for having help and being able to, you know, for us and for, for David and I, um, we see a lot of our friends and their family, you know, their families, and a lot of them are able to um, lean on their their families, uh, you know, their, their mothers and their father, you know, the grandparents to, to help for, for childcare for their children. And we both have very supportive families. However, we are not able to lean on them for that same type of childcare. And so we really needed to find help that, that could support us in that way. My, my mother, as I know, you know, Doran, um, passed away when I was pregnant with my son. Um, my father is a lot older and he's not truly able to take care of children in, in that way. Um, he can for, for a limited amount of time, but, Mine too, but, not, like 20 minutes. You know, but, but it's not, um, and my, my in-laws unfortunately aren't able to, as much as they would like to, Either so, uh, my sisters are out of the city. David's brothers are younger, and so we we really rely um, solely on our nanny team as our childcare support system. All right, well, that's great that you have a great team. How old are your kids? We have a five-year-old daughter, a four-year-old son, and an eighteen-month-old daughter. So we oh are in, you're we in the are thick of in it. it. We are <laughs> yeah. in it. Um, and as you mentioned, we also have three dogs. Um, so we, we love, listen, we love chaos. Like I grew up with a family that just loved family and loved having people around. My mother always wanted me to have all of my friends over. Um, it was always about like, yeah, you want to do things, you know, she's like, if you're, when you're going to do things like, I want you to do it here. So everybody like came over and the chaos. And so that's kind of what we've, um, replicated in our own lives. We're always having other people come over to us. We love having, you know, all of the dogs, all of the kids, all of the people. I personally love people so, so much. And I love being around 
tons of them, which has been difficult, obviously, in the past 16 months. Um, But I just think the energy is exactly what life is about. And to feed off one another and to have our children experience other people and their upbringings and their cultures, I just think is very, very special. Oh, that's so nice. It's such a great lesson that your mom taught you too. I, I think it was that. And also she just like didn't want me to, you know, smoke pot for my first time or drink outside <laughs> yeah. the house. She was like, if you're going to do that, like do it here. So that, you know, if anything happens, you know, we'll be right upstairs. And um, so did was, you tell her when you were smoking pot and drinking or you like, just hit it no, in your house? But she was also a hippie. Like she like she would follow Bob Marley around, um, you know, she followed Bob Marley around Jamaica. She was oh like my a true one. Yeah, she was like a love her. My my mother had me when she was 41, so she was older. She really was like part of that generation. Yeah. Um, and so everything was about, you know, doing everything here and family. And she was um Italian, actually. So she wasn't, you know, my dad was Jewish, she was Italian. And so, like, I'm a pizza bagel. So, and Jews and Italians. <laughs> oh my like, god, I've is, never heard that before. <laughs> oh, that's what that's like my yeah. I'm a pizza. So, and there, but the great thing about like both of them, whether it's re- it's not really it's not religion, it's culture. The culture yeah. of family and being together and celebrating and celebration and any excuse. I like any excuse to celebrate. And you can you know even ask my husband because like we had a whole conversation this morning about that I spend too much on balloons for celebrations. And I, I was trying to, I was trying to have a really good argument as to why, <laughs> why <laughs> it's okay to, to, to do that. And I'm probably going to have to go. And what was, your, and what, and what did you tell him? I, I, I told him that, that they add to my happiness. <laughs> Add to the experience that they add to the experience and the happiness of the event. And he's like, do you think that our children know the difference between, you know, a lot of money for balloons or like an exorbitant amount of money for balloons? (laughs) I love balloons because I I just think that they add such amazing. uh, And like, I I think another dimension to it. And it's just. Yeah. And so I think they had, but the problem with balloons is that after like, then it's over, right? Like it's not like not something that lasts. And so, you know, that is, it's, it's really always just about balloons. How, how long do you keep the balloons to make him happy? We try, we try to keep them as long, but he, that's the whole thing is we always want to get, he doesn't like to keep clutter or anything. So he wants to get rid of them. He just oh. thinks that we, and he's right. Like yeah. we don't need as many balloons as I like to order. And that's just like one, one thing. When my kids were little, I did things like that for them. And now my my son, you know, he's going to camp this summer and his birthday's at camp. And he's like, mommy, are we going to have a party? And I'm like, no. No. I was like, what? I'm going to get you a pretty cake and we're going to go over to your friend's house and eat it. And that's about, <laughs> that's where it goes. At, you know, he's almost 11. And my, you know, my daughter's mm-hmm. 13 and a half. I'm like, that's you amazing. Know, yeah. But you, you sort of. But they're I, like people. I get you. Right. I get you. I don't know. I just like, I just, I just love create, I love creating moments. Like, well, I, it's like for evident. me and experiences, it's, it's just, I, I find, you know, throughout your lifetime, those, those types of memories are what help shape you. And like, you know, whether it's your, your birth, like you remember mm-hmm. your, your birthdays and you remember different, you know, moments in time. And so I, I like to, make sure that they are as special as possible as I can. So nice. Take lots of pictures because they won't remember these birthday parties. I I do. I do. (laughs) You do. And that's what's important. I I so get that. All right. Um, So I don't want to put a damper on the rainbows, but um, you have had a lot of trauma very early in your life. And I've listened to you talk about this. Um, And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, because, you know, I've heard you say over and over again that everyone has their own journey or trauma. And Mm -hmm. I love I love that you say that. And I love that you've learned from these experiences. But but this is very significant, especially in a younger part of your life. Um, So if you can talk a little bit about these experiences and how have they influenced who you are today? Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's you know, it's it's taken years to actually be able to articulate because I, I don't think in, and this is where Therese comes in is like, I don't even think when I was starting Therese, I actually knew the reason behind it. When I was 17, 
Um, I actually, I grew up, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be on Broadway. That's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to go to school. I wanted to be on Broadway. I still do. I had had no talents. I mean, (laughs) I I just wanted to be on Broadway. (laughs) I was a trained singer. Like my dad will tell stories. We'll tell you stories about like them going to see me at a, a bar singing in the city and like closing, like, like cringing as I'm singing. And I'd come off the stage, (laughs) I'd come off the stage and I'd go to them. I'd be like, wasn't I great? How great? Like, (laughs) I was so great, right, right, guys? And my, they were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then he's like, and so he's told me that later in years. But um, when I was 17, um, I, had a, um, I had a boyfriend who was, I would say, my, my high school sweetheart, like the person who really was the first true love of my life. Two weeks before my freshman year of college, he actually passed away. And he was up at, he was a year older than me. So like our, he was, we had a long distance relationship. Um, I was a senior in high school. He was a freshman in college, which actually did work. And we didn't know if it would have, if it would work. And the summer um, before my freshman year in college, he was a counselor at his sleepaway camp. Um, and there was a, a really big rainstorm And he and a bunch of his friends um, had a day off and they were at a nature preserve and there was a little whirlpool there, which they usually, because I had actually been up there the the week before and one of them went into the whirlpool and because of the rains, it created a suction that sucked him underwater. And then my boyfriend um, jumped in to try and save him. And then two of his other friends jumped in right after each other to try to save them. And all four of them actually passed away. Oh my God. Um, It was, um, very, 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 very traumatic. And it, again, it's taken me like years to be able to, to talk about it. Uh, three of them were from where I grew up. And I was never going to going to go to like, I was supposed to go to university of Michigan, like two weeks. And I was never, I, I, I was, I was paralyzed. I couldn't like, I wasn't going to do anything. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to, you know, I don't even want to say, but like, I didn't want to be alive. I didn't want to be, you know, all I wanted was to, to be able to, understand what had happened, you know, up in when you're a child, right? And I guess you're protected so much by your parents. And, you know, and you're full of dreams and full of hope. And I I was, I was full of all of these things. And I was very much ready for, you know, to plan the rest, you know, I'd planned the rest of my life out and, you know, and everything was so good. And it just all one day and one phone call stopped. It was really, really hard for me. And I wasn't going to go to school. My parents didn't know what to do for me. I actually, and I've, I actually have never talked about this really out loud. Uh, well, not out loud, but like publicly. Um, but I was, room, I was set up to be roommates with um, another girl and she came over to see how I was doing. Um, she was trying to be very kind, actually. My my boyfriend, like I, I, she wasn't, she didn't have like the best reputation, but he said, you know, Zara, you're a really nice person. Like maybe you can help change her to be a kinder person. And so, like that's why I agreed to um, room with her in the first place. And then while um, we were mourning and I didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden I heard my mother downstairs and she was like crying and she was like really, really upset. And I was like, what's going on? And my, you know, everybody was there. And apparently the girl that I was rooming with, her mother called the university of Michigan and told them that I was super depressed and that I needed to be moved out of their room and I needed to be moved to an all-girls dorm on a different campus because it wouldn't be fair to their daughter for me to be there. What? And then I, I couldn't believe it. And so then I, I called her and I said, like, is this true? Like, is this actually true? And she said, well, you know, this is what the my 
was supposed to be my roommate, she goes, well, I just like, you know, for my freshman year, I just like don't want to have to look at pictures of a dead boy all of the time. (gasps) Oh my God. And at that moment, something clicked in me about life, about people, about kindness, about goodness. And I said, listen, I'm coming to school and um, whether you like it or not. And I was on this mission to fulfill my life and to fulfill it and to surround myself with um, good people, good people. And so from that moment on, that's what I did. And anybody that didn't add value to my life in a positive way, I, um, I didn't, I didn't waste, really waste my time with, you know, to make a long story short, I actually ended up meeting my best friend at Michigan. She ended up giving up her, um, single in our dorm, like with meeting me for like a week to switch with that roommate. So she gave up to, to come in room with me and, and on my boyfriend's birthday that year, um, a lamp fell and hit and broke my ex roommate's nose. Oh um, my god! I know it's wild. Um, and she actually did end up transferring because it was, you know, it was it was just not it, it wasn't great. But I Karma's that experience, yeah. Well, that experience helped shape me and the rest of my life and how I live it. And so, you know, when I was starting chairs. And then I had a a boyfriend during college who also passed away right after college, which I couldn't believe. So um, I I really like couldn't believe that it happened again. I had just been through, you know, and experienced so much loss and and how to articulate and and how to live with it um, and how to surround ourselves with it. And, And I actually don't think that if I hadn't had gone through both of those losses, I would have been able to get through the loss of my mother because she passed away when I was pregnant with Ty. And all I could do was really be a pillar of strength and be full of actual knowledge. And I had a therapist at the time who said to me when when this was starting, he said, Zara, if you go through this emotionally, then you might not get through this. And his advice to me was to become one with the medical team and truly immerse myself in the concrete medical information that was going through with my, my mother's case and so that I can wrap my head around what was happening. And through all of this, you know, I developed really bad anxiety, PTSD, panic attacks, and Therese actually is what was born and thrived from it because I, I needed an outlet. I needed an outlet that represented good because what things like this can do to you is be like, well, what is the point of life, right? If there's just going to be all of this darkness and death, like, like this is what life's about. But I am and was so lucky and fortunate to have a really strong support system in my family, in my friends, through all of it. And with that is the reason that I feel as though I am, I guess, as strong as I am, or at least as strong as I come off to be. Life is not easy. But what we need to do is realize that it's not easy for everybody in all different circumstances because all of our circumstances and all of our lives are different um, and we experience things differently. But if we can come together and understand that and then take those steps forward and just celebrate and look for the good together, that's where there's a beautiful life. That's that is where the energy and the magic of this world truly comes from. Well, I, you know, I, first of all, um, I can't even imagine going through those things so young. But I, I also wanted to say to you, because I see so much of myself in you, and, you know, you're you're younger than me. 
I commend you for um, coming out of these things, but I also want to say to you as as your friend that you don't always have to be strong, you know, and that um, as you get older, you start to realize that I took trauma and turned it into this taking care of everybody and, and always being yeah. kind of the positive spirit for people. And honestly, that is wonderful. But as you get older, you start to realize there needs to be a balance of that because that too can burn you out, you bring up. on anxiety. Yeah. You know, I always was under this belief that, you know, I have to, I, I'm so strong and, and some of the closest people in my life don't even know that there's a part of me that's not so strong uh, mm-hmm. because I, I, I portray this persona. And as I get older, I'm learning to be more vulnerable, to see the positive side of things, but also admit when I need help or that I'm not okay. So I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know you well enough to know if that is you, but as, um, as somebody older than you, I just wanted to you know, <laughs> give you that advice that it's okay and that you don't have, you know, you don't have totally. to say that, you know, your experience, everybody has experiences because we're, you're right. Everybody does. But th- those are very, very traumatic experiences uh, topped by the loss of your mom at a young age. So I hope you feel the feels. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that um, when I was 17 and so like I, I, I have, I felt a lot and a lot of it ended up coming out, as I was saying, in anxiety and in panic attacks where I would have to be hospitalized because I wouldn't be able to stop projectile vomiting and I would think I was dying. I think a lot of it has, I've, I've made the choice, right? It's, it's, a, it's really a choice to put my mind first and to be able to control it because when I let go at least for me, as you said, like these experiences and traumas are just too big to wrap my head around, to just live in them. And so I've practiced and chosen to understand them and use them as my fuel. I've had therapy on and off. I've There are days when I weep and cry. But what I do not want to allow myself to do is live in a place where I was really not able to even go out to a bar or a crowded place with my with my friends because I felt such panic and anxiety over it. It was horrible. <laughs> it was yeah, so, I it was really, really, really horrible. And that was obviously the aftermath of all of these feelings, whether it's suppressing them, whether it's the extreme of them, however it is. And so, I mean, at this point in my life, I think I've, I've made the choice to, to use it in a good way. However, whatever that means, and that means something different all of the time, but to truly, to, to truly do the best that I possibly can as a mother, as a life partner, as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister, as a CEO, you know, that's, that's what I'm, I, I, I try. And again, obviously it's, it's too much. You try to do everything for everybody. And believe me, I am definitely one of those people for sure. Yeah. But um, I can tell. Yeah, I am definitely one of but those But you know people. what, as, the, the, you have something to look forward to because as you get into your 40s, you're like, eh, screw it <laughs> for some people. <laughs> yeah. You know, you start yeah. to realize who's who's worth your time and who isn't. And, you know, what? listen, you've had enough trauma that you probably are already there. But um, yeah. with every passing year, you get you get more and more to that stage, which is so great. Well, as I was saying before, like, uh, like I got to that stage right away in college when I first mm-hmm, you did. went there and I was like, all right, well, if you're not adding, you know, some positive value to my life, we're not going to be able to, <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense to, yeah. to be there. Well, that's, I so, mean, how, yeah, how much more I, to I learn totally, that I totally hear you and appreciate that. And it's true. You know, just like felt you, like you, I had to say it. <laughs> no, you should. I, I, I have three. I have three old. I have three older sisters. So I wow. get it. Yeah, <laughs> you get. It. And by being here today and sharing this, honestly, is you're also helping so many people. And I, you know, I want to go back um, just briefly about your mom. You know, I, 
what advice could you give someone else who's who's lost a parent? Uh, is there anything that, you know, I know that it's not something that it's probably not so easy to give advice, but is there anything that you've learned from the experience? So I, I think that the first thing is that it's not it's not going to go away. It is horrible. And the pain that you feel is in, initially is indescribable because if you were lucky enough to have a loving, supportive and we're close to your parents like I was, this is your first line of defense. This is your support system. This is, this is the person that you talk to all of the time, you know, it, not, not the one, just, uh, not the person that you're married to or who have ch- you've chosen, but who have brought you into this world and have protected you. And so now you have to start to understand what it's like to protect yourself. And that is very, very, very scary. I wish that there were some words and of advice, you know, or some words that I can help alleviate any pain. The only thing that I could say is that it will never go away. The pain will never, ever, ever go away. What it does is it gets it gets softer. It gets softer, and there are most definitely flare ups. But the fact that um, I like to say that time is your friend, and I I didn't used to know what that actually meant, um, but a lot of it has to do with experience. And the best thing that I like to do, especially with my mother, is. I, I try to talk about her on a daily basis with my children and it hurt. It, there are a lot of times where it's really, really hard or I'll cry while I'm saying something or telling a story, but it makes me feel like she is still very much a part of my life and my children's life. You know, when I look at them, the hardest part for me is looking at them and feeling the pain that she's not able to be here and enjoy her grandchildren. Like that is, that's what I, what hurts me the most. And something that she used to say, this is something that she used to say to me all the time. She used to say, um, she used to say the wheel goes round and round. Sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. So when it's down, you just have to remember that it will go up again. Oh, I love that. I love that. And by the way, let me just tell you something. We we talked about at the beginning um, about our grandmothers dying before we were born. My um, my mom was very close with her mother in law and her mother, who were in the hospital at the same time, dying of wow. cancer, and and her grandmother, all three of them. And she was close with all of them. Ugh. And but to this day, if one of those women walked in the room, it would I would know everything about them. Exactly. And I, I feel like I do know them. So that mm-hmm. is the best thing that you can give your kids. And I'm glad that it makes you feel good too. But uh, I don't know if your mother did that, but my my husband lost his mom, got over 20 years ago, and he never, ever talks about her. And I can't tell you how many times I say, Ty, you have to talk about your mom because the, our kids don't know anything about her and you're keeping her. I think it's too painful for him. For him right. you know, men handle that in a different way. but For sure. You're, that that's that's the best gift that you could give your children, um, and they they will always you know feel like they know her. I mean they they do. I mean they they talk about her on a daily basis. They talk about her as she. They say you know grandma's living in the stars. That's where she is. And but then we talk about like well when is she going to come down from the stars? How do we get back up there? And so like, then you're like oh my gosh you know when are yeah. you going to go up to the stars, mommy? And I'm like oh you know like <laughs> you, know, oh, yeah. um, you know all of those things. But something that's really that I actually love is my daughter, my oldest daughter. She, she's had this new thing for like probably the past year now, where when I put her, when I put her to bed at night, she says, "You know, mommy, tell me a story about before mommy met daddy." And so we have these nightly stories with with about my life before I was, you know, before David, and she knows everything about you know, my parents and my sisters and my friends and, you know, and ways that 
you know, things that were great or different lessons that I've learned. And, you know, it's it's come to a point where I'm like, do I have any more stories? But Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, that happens. Do I have any more stories? But it just... Um, it just makes me so very, very happy. Well, it's also good for her to see you as not just a wife, right? You know, and, yeah. and a mom and that you were a person before that, and that's so great, right? And what what did I do in her situations? And what um, a mature question to ask. Every night we talk. So you yeah. know, it's like the story time, and you know, here's just another thing, like what something that my mom would say, and um, and this is this is talked through with my daughter. Is she would say, "You get more with honey." Um, than you do with vinegar. And so she would say now, she's like, tell me, tell me a, a honey story or tell me sometimes when you were, um, when you were vinegar, you know, she'll say something like that. And and it's, and it's, it's an interesting, it's an, it's an interesting, you know, analogy to what she's trying to, to learn herself at, at five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's wild. I mean, that's so amazing at such a young age. I'm very impressed. Well, we talk all the time. Yeah, good. <laughs> well, good. good. Yeah, good. I, I bet you do. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. It's good. It's good, especially the girls. Sometimes the boys. Actually, my son is more inquisitive um, than my daughter. He asks a ton of questions. I, I don't even know why I was saying that because he really. Um, now you talk about death. He's he's been asking me a lot about death, and my mother has studied everything about the afterlife and you know people who have had been brought back from death and mediums. Uh, you know, we've been we've been to tons, tons of, of mediums, mediums together me yeah, too so i've been was, to a lot of mediums too yeah so today she i mean yeah this weekend she started telling my son all about this when he was asking he came he asked me about death one night and i said I think you should talk to Nana. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so my mom, of course, can go on and on. And she, this is on Mother's Day at brunch, and yeah. she's going on and on about this. And I'm like, okay, mom, let's let's bring it down a notch now. I think we've had enough for a ten year old. But right. Um, all right, back to David. Um, in in finishing this up, yes. I know you're a busy woman, but uh, he clearly is very supportive of you as a full time working mom. And you guys have been married. Sorry, how long? So we will be married nine years this so nine years this year but four and 14 years together wait a minute I have to tell you the fun I don't know if you know this story but when we um when you guys first moved in and my kids were little you know they were toddlers um David was so sweet and he was like do you want to come in and I was like oh no 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 that's okay I'm like no and he's like come in I'll give you a tour of the house and we're like okay you're like it looks just like mine I know well no but you guys had some amazing art and we like we like quirky art yeah the quirky so do we by the way I always buy the quirkiest art I actually I'm gonna send you something after this podcast that'll make you laugh but you know my kids were like climbing all over it I was like you guys oh my god please stop please I'm like David we have to go we have to go this is so nice you, but like, I can't, you know, Rex was pulling on things that was, I, I was so uncomfortable and he was so sweet. But as you know, now of the mom of toddlers, mm-hmm. I had to scoot them out the door. You two um, have been married and together a long time. What would you say has been your biggest challenge in marriage? And what have you learned the most about marriage in nine years? I think that's a very good question. It's not even nine years because when we got married, it didn't feel very different because I guess we had been together for five years and living together most of the time, you know, for the most part together. Yeah. And we would say different things. Like I am very, um, and people were, you know, when it comes to David and I, I am definitely a lot more, well, he is too, more stubborn than he is when we have a difference in opinions and, you know, always want to be, be correct. But I think that the best thing is to constantly, for us is to, talk about it and talk and like be open and honest and don't hold grudges. And like, we are constantly talking, making fun of ourselves, making fun of each other, laughter, you know, laughing honestly has been the best tool, I think, for the strength of our marriage. And you know, I think the other part is that I care so deeply about him more than I do about myself and, and him, you know, and he, we, we care so deeply about each other and him to me. I think that is a really excellent recipe for a successful marriage. 
we get along. We, we get each other. We, what we decided very, very, very early on um, when we were going to raise a family was that we weren't going to do it how I grew up and we weren't going to do it how he grew up. But what we were going to do was take the things that we loved from both of our childhoods and incorporate those as we built our own. And I think that what that does is build a foundation for something that you can build together. And when you're in it together, that that is where the beauty lies. Mm, that's so true. It has to be a partnership. And again, like that word is right. That's like so much easier said than done. It totally, totally. It's like, you know, and, and me being an entrepreneur, right. Um, you know, one is I have like the most supportive husband in the entire world who puts my happiness and our family's happiness ab- above anything else. Um, and so I am very lucky about that. And the biggest challenge I would probably say in our marriage is probably, probably Therese, honestly. He is one, he is the biggest supporter. Um, but there's also, you know, I have, you know, Therese is one of my first babies and he was actually the person that encouraged me to start Therese in the first place. But, you know, it is always a battle. And this is where balance comes in, right? As to, you know, how to be fully present with our family all of the, you know, when I, when I can, you know, and he's, and he, and he also, he runs his own business as well. And so, you know, between the the both of us, those, that's a hard challenge. Yeah. I so get that. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I know how busy you are and just spreading your beautiful well, stop light. Stop saying I'm busy. So I'm not busy. Women. I'm just here. You're busy. busy. (laughs) Everyone's, everyone's, I mean, all my guests are busy that come on the show. So I'm always appreciative of their time. I I get it. You know, it's not easy to take an hour out of your day to sit and talk, but you really are an inspiration uh, to to me and um, I'm sure to many women. And I'm just, I'm so happy that you were able to do this. And when the world goes back to normal, we need to go have dinner, drinks and, um, you know, Absolutely. be friends, be, be the uh, friends that we're meant be, to be. Exactly. <laughs> I'm totally with you. Well, I am, I am so happy to have been here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, truly. And like this was, this was, a, this was great. This was really, Good. really great. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to give yourself permission and know that you are not alone. Don't forget to subscribe. So you don't miss any episodes. Reviews are always appreciated. And you can reach me by email at it's not a crisis at Gmail, Instagram, it's not a crisis podcast, and please join our Facebook group as well. Until next time, just remember, it's not a crisis.